0: Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I speak to Greg Moore, who's a best-selling author. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Jason. I appreciate it.
0: And you're also the the brain behind Franchise Maven. I gotta say, it's trademarked. And um, we're going to talk about the path to franchise ownership. Very good topic. Um, especially I would say during the pandemic, essentially because a lot of franchises kind of took off. Um, and one in particular, Aldi, one of my favorite stores, it just kind of went parabolic because um their prices were low and people are short on cash and they really refined their model really well. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how you could even become a franchise owner in the first place because like most people just assume you need a bunch of money. And that's it. But let's let's hear from the franchise Maven. How how do you become a franchise owner?
1: Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Yeah, when you and I and everybody else we're driving around, we're looking at different businesses. We think franchising. We think restaurants. We think McDonald's. We think Taco Bell. You know, Meineke, Mako, Supercuts. Those are all the brick and mortar franchises. So people are thinking full time. Uh, you know, high investment level. But that's just one. That's Brick and mortar is you build it and they will come. It's a general theme. And generally speaking, yeah, you're looking at, you know, $300,000 on that for a total investment on that. Wow, that's a lot of cash. That is. Now, on the other end of the spectrum is the service industry. The service industry is where your clients don't necessarily know you exist until they need you. So you just need a great franchise system to drive people to you when the need arises. Those are around $150,000, give or take. Generally, a small office. Some of them you can work from home. Uh, Depending on the equipment that you need, might be a little bit more, might be a little bit less. Uh, And it's very easy to get a loan for these franchises. Uh, Franchises are easy to get loans for as long as you've got a decent credit score. Uh, Franchises have a proven track record of success. uh, So you are good to go on that one.
0: What what are some of the examples of those particular franchises? Because you mentioned like Supercuts and McDonald's for the brick and mortar. But what about the non-brick and mortar?
1: Oh, so let's go with uh, senior care, seniors, helping seniors on that one. Uh, tutoring, uh, let's go with tutor doctors. Gotcha. Kids.
0: So so let me just cut you off right there for a second. My mm-hmm. mom's a tutor, right? She's a retired school teacher. Um, You bring up a great point, right? And she's been teaching for you know, 50, 60 years. But now she's tutoring kids on the side. Now, what's the difference between just doing that versus taking a tutoring franchise? Like, why not just tutor people?
1: One major difference between the two of them, working in the business versus working on the business itself. She's working in the business. So what she wants to do if she wants to grow that business is to step, take a step back from that and work on building the business, find other teachers, find other students, college students that are in there that want to actually do the tutoring themselves. And she takes a step back and works on building the whole business up herself, getting the tutors to the students, and she doesn't do the tutoring anymore.
0: All right, so let's talk about the time it takes to do that. <laughs> well, when you're 76 years old, uh, I think my mom's 76 or so, and she's retired, and she also tutors because she doesn't know what else to do besides that and painting and you know enjoying her retirement. I don't think she really wants to invest the time it takes to to do that. Now, let's say a 40 year old um, teacher um, doesn't want to teach anymore, but does want to branch out. Um, you're saying at that point she would have to she or he would have to find other teachers or students that would then become tutors. She would just manage all of them and not really do the tutoring aspect?
1: That's correct, Jason. She can manage them themselves. So that brings up a good point. If she wants to do the managing herself, she can. That would be a franchise that says, we want you to work full-time. There are franchises where you can do semi-passive. Semi-passive is 10 to 15 hours a week managing the manager. She could then, if she didn't want to do it full-time herself, she would hire a manager to do it and she would just oversee the manager to do to run that business as you indicated but it could go either way so many herself. different ways <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and it sounds like a lot of work overall i mean this sounds like you're being a business owner essentially you're you're a business owner you can call it a franchise all you want but it really everything you're saying sounds like you're just running a business
1: right exactly right jason you are the business owner you own that you build it up you can sell it at the end of the day you can You know, you've got a lot of creativity in it, even though it's a franchise that has all the whole playbook for you. So you're never wondering what to do next. You still have some creativity to do things yourself in there as well.
0: So you do a brick and mortar or you do a service based franchise. You choose one of them. You cough up the cash. You learn how to do it. You get whatever you need and you start doing it. What are the top mistakes to avoid? when starting out, because people don't really know what to do when it comes to a franchise, which is probably why they start a franchise, because they figure, well, then I'm going to save a lot of time and hassle by them teaching me how to do everything. But that might not be necessarily true. So I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on the mistakes to avoid.
1: Great franchises will, Jason, teach you everything you need to know. you will never wondering how to do it next. I mentioned creativity just a few minutes ago. Do not be too creative when you first get into a franchise system. Laurin the franchise. Oh, I had a person that did that over in um, uh, Las Vegas. She got into a tutoring franchise. This is we're talking about here. Um, She was uh, what is she? uh, She was a vice president in the gaming industry and hotels and motels. And she thought, you know, I'm looking at your business model, and you've never hit up the hotels and motels on it. And they said, well, that's just not our business model. We've never gone that route. This is what works. This is what we've done. She goes, well, I'd like to do that. I'd like to hit up the uh, hotels and motels. And they're like, sure. We've never done that before, but feel free, go for it. She tried it, didn't work. Uh, so she got off to a bit of a slow start there because she tried, tried to be a little too creative before really getting to know the model itself. So Gotcha. That's a good to one. Know the model itself.
0: What other mistakes can we avoid?
1: Uh, mostly trying to think, uh, either one, trying to think you can do things better yourself to begin with. You got into that franchise ah, okay. uh, in the first place because... You didn't have the latest, greatest idea. I got into franchising because I didn't have the latest, greatest idea. I wanted mentors there. I wanted somebody to help me. So don't think you know more than them to begin with. Get to know their systems first on that. And I think one of the biggest mistakes, probably one of the biggest failures that we'd see in the franchising industry when we see failures in franchises is turning the franchise business over to um, a family member to run who has not been vetted first by the franchisors on that. So they may not be a good fit for it. So those two were probably the biggest mistakes that we see in the franchising world.
0: Yeah, you know, that brings up a really good point about the thinking you know more than the franchise. So like, there were there was someone I knew, maybe I want to say it was about a decade ago. And she was not happy at her corporate job. And she wanted to start uh, a daycare, I believe is what she told me, but it was a very specific kind of daycare that had like maybe sports involved. And there was this franchise that was specifically for that. It was like to teach your kids how to play sports while taking care of the kids. And I said, why don't you just, and, I, and this was my answer. Why don't you just do that yourself? Why don't you just like start teaching kids sports on your own time and seeing if you even like it, see if you want to do it before you invest. Cause she told me at the time, it's like $30,000 investment to start this thing. And I'm like, that's a lot of money. You know, are you sure you want to put that money in? And then maybe you don't like it. Why don't you try it first? Like, like a beta test, because I'm an entrepreneur. So for me, it's always about a minimum viable product, like a beta test. And she's and her answer was like, No, I just want to I just want to do it. I just want to pay and just get it over with and just start it. I don't want to deal with all the, the, the stuff, you know. So I mean, what is like, I guess, the, the, the main reason people pay, as you said, 150,000 to $300,000 for the franchise, what is the benefit? Of doing this and what's the success rate afterward? Because that's to me the most important part. If I'm putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars, I want to know A, what am I getting out of it? And B, what are what's my success rate going to be?
1: Exactly. And that's what uh just about some of the first questions of all of my people ask me, Jason. <laughs>
0: I wait a little while.
1: <laughs> and thing, yeah. So what do you get out of it? You get to where you want to be two to three years quicker than if you were going to do it yourself. Okay. That's number one. Um what was the second question? You got me all excited there on that one. What's what the success? Like if I put in the like say $300,000, what,
0: what's going to be my success?
1: Rate. That's the biggest one. So that one, you never have to guess at that one on, on there. In the franchise disclosure documents themselves, there is going to be what's called the item number 20, which is the number of franchisees that are currently running the franchise business and the number of franchisees who started it and are no longer running the business on that. So when you're looking into a franchise before you invest in that, easy math to do. To go in there and look at those success rates, we like to see 85 to 90% success rate or better on a franchise system. When they get lower than that, that means they're not picking out the best best, uh, candidates in the world, so we get a little nervous about them.
0: And is that because, let's say, company XYZ is charging $300,000 for the franchise and they're just trying to get money? And so they don't really care too much about the quality of the people. They're like, hey, you're going to pay $300,000? Sounds good. Here's a franchise, have fun, and then they fail. But that company still earned that $300,000, or is that not the
1: case? Yes and no. So the $300,000 and $150,000, just to clarify, is a total investment for the franchise. The franchise fee is what the franchise or gets. Generally speaking, most franchise fees are right around $50,000, and that's what the franchise gets. So, what you want to do, with looking in those franchise disclosure documents, to see where most of their money is coming from. Mm. If most of their money is coming from franchise fees and mm. not royalties, right. which is the ongoing payment, then there's a problem. You want to see that their most of their money that earnings that are coming into that franchise are from those royalties, which are between five and ten percent for almost every franchise, because that shows that they're building their systems up and growing theirs. Another thing to look at, Jason, along those lines as well, is is when you're investigating that franchise is how many franchises they've sold hmm. versus how many are open. So if they sold that-
0: 500 and there's only 50 open, there's a problem.
1: Yeah, but, but if there's a,
0: But if there's 1,000 open and 980 are open, that's great. Got it. Now let's talk about the types of franchises. There's single, area developer, master developer, vertical, horizontal. I don't really know the difference between any, any of these. How am I supposed to choose? Help us.
1: So what I do yeah, direct answer to your question is, how are you supposed to do it? Uh, contact a franchise consultant. There's quite a few franchise consultants out there. Uh, there's probably a handful of us that are to do most of the deals out there. I'd prefer that you come to me as a franchise consultant because I'll educate you on the on the process itself. That's probably the simplest way to do it. And keep in mind that we're free. No franchise consultant will charge you anything. So interesting. direct answer there. Go ahead. That's interesting that you don't charge anything. No, we uh, we get paid by the franchisors. If you decide to invest in one of the franchises we introduce you to, franchisors pay us a referral fee. Cool. On that one. So okay. it works out good. I have to be good at what I do. Otherwise, you know, and I have to have you looking at franchises where you're not, you know, you don't see anything bad on there. Otherwise, you're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to walk away, never tell your friends about me and never invest in a Perfect.
0: franchise. Perfect. So walk me through how you would help me choose one.
1: Okay. So what we'll be looking at there is when you're talking about the different developing, uh, different types of franchises, you have your single unit, which I'd say the majority of people start with one territory, which is where a franchise gives you the exclusive rights to build that franchise, whatever it is in that territory. You can do an area developer where if you feel real good about that franchise, you can take over a larger area. Uh, So that would be uh, the uh, horizontal growth where you're going out into a a bigger area on that. So you may buy two, three, five territories on that. If you want to do a master franchise system, so the area developer, you'll be developing each one of those areas yourself. A master franchise, you again buy the rights to a larger area, but then you can sell those individual uh, areas to somebody else and you create your pilot unit and you train the people that are going to go into your area yourself. Great annuity, you get half the royalties, you get half the franchise fee for those. So you kind of like the right hand person of the franchise on that one. So that's a bigger investment, probably a little bit more time, uh, but a great annuity when you're talking about vertical growth, we're looking at things like if you want to go into the home services industry, take the neighborly brands, for instance. They have about 20 different franchises in their groups, anywhere from Molly Maids, uh, Mr. Appliance, Mr. Reuter, uh, Lawn Pride, Ground Guys. So you take one franchise, one territory, start with that. And then as you grow that, you take one of their other franchises on there and you bring that in and you invest in that. What you're doing is you're taking over the home. So anything that that homeowner needs to have done from painting to plumbing uh, to repair work to house cleaning, you take care of all those. So you do in one territory advertising to the same clients, but now you've got that whole stack of different things you can advertise.
0: It really sounds like like how much time you're willing to put into this thing and how invested you're going to be in it. Plus, you're putting up a lot of money. Speaking of how do you actually finance? Like, I can't put up $300,000. Like, how am I supposed to get that money?
1: Not too many people do, as a matter of fact. I, myself <laughs> I would don't... assume so, especially yeah. with the way things are today in the, in the world. <laughs> True. I, you know, two different th- schools of thought on that. I I do not like going into debt. So I use the 401k rollover plan, the rollover for business. It's called the ROBS. Uh, so I use my retirement money, basically, to invest in my business on that. Some people do that. It's really a matter of a personal opinion on that. My investors, the ones that like to do the semi-absentee businesses, especially where they're not going to be running it themselves they're going to have a manager do it, they want to use other people's money. Very simple process. If you're looking at something like an SBA loan, let's just go with that for an example on there. And you're looking at the services industry, $150,000. You'll be looking at an SBA Express loan. You put about $20,000 down. Uh, and my blenders, it's easy to do franchising. As franchising. have that proven record. As long as you've got a credit score of 700 or better, you're good to go with a good net worth that covers that as Mm -hmm. well that's easy one if you want to go and that's for service industry if you're going to go for something in the brick and mortar or you're generally going to go with a 7a loan so it's going to be a little bit more down about 20 percent or so down and money's paid to you over time but very easy to get loans for that my investors just want to make certain that that investment services debt and you'll find that out because i'm all about education educating people about the franchising before it's all said and done you will have a good feel for how much money you can bring in uh, on that franchise.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you know exactly what you're talking about. So, where can people find out more about how to get in touch with you and how they can talk to you?
1: You can go to my website, franchisemaven.com. That's franchise, M A V as in Victor E N.com. Email me at greg at franchisemaven.com or just pick up the phone and give me a call at 361 772 6401. As you can tell, I'll talk your ear off. I'm all about education. <laughs> I'm not here to convince you that franchising is the greatest thing since life spread because for some people it is not. But we'll have options for you.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Greg. Franchisemaven.com for more info. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five star review. You can learn more about me at jason.sherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap On Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.